Hey everybody, this is Real Talk, where we ask real people real questions. And with that, let's jump right in. Now is the time when we open up and you can agree, disagree, call someone names. Are they willing to speak first to be spoken over? Anyone got anything to say? You're always looking for us to call each other names. You're always trying to start a fight, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you don't. I try to do that with the questions. Not only that, I want to see drama, man. I mean, <laughs> fuck you, Ravens. How was that? Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hey, Robin. For the last question, like we had a few people say, do whatever you like to do. And then we thought that it's not clear how we connect our biological being with our emotions and, and our intentions. And I'm thinking, are we actually that free to decide what we want to do? Or is the meaning of life a bit different of what we ourselves think? It is, so maybe we have to see from a more philosophical perspective. You know what? I'm going to, new rules, no subjectivity, no determinism, and no, um, uh, how you say, uh, no, 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 no trying to determine what is consciousness. That Those are the new rules, right? Y'all are going to make decisions or not. Yeah, you that's the last bit oh, that uh, basically eliminates 90% of our discussions, right? I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> we always come back to free will. It's kind of the thing. Y'all y'all are gonna make y'all are gonna decide and that hold that decision to be true. None none of this gray area stuff, okay? The world is a gray area. Man. Is, man. I'm sorry you don't feel that way. <laughs> no, it doesn't make it any different. Anyone else? I, I thought of two things. I thought of um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, just because mm. that was brought up in some other event. And so at the very top of that pyramid um, is self-actualization. And I think that is essentially what organisms are trying to do. It's like there's, there's like this spontaneous concept of being and becoming something, and you become that, but then by the time you reach that you it's on to becoming something else so i think the meaning is like a process of becoming except i also then thought of um the film i heart huckabees if anybody has seen this um and there is a an existential detective who is trying to help out this guy figure out his anxieties and he's trying this detective therapist type guy is describing to his um, client uh, what what life is like. So he has a gray blanket that he's holding up and underneath the blanket, he'll like push up through the blanket and be like, this is the Eiffel Tower and that's your mother. And this is fifth grade when you like had your first crush. And this is, and so the the visual reference is that underneath the grayness, like even though there are these distinct things in life, it's all like under a gray blanket. <laughs> uh, I was hoping more people had seen that film, but um, so just that I think the concept in that was that 
there is like some sort of neutrality to everything um, in the in that there is no meaning it's complicated I, I it's think the main question here is who defines that right so like the uh, the question is always what is the meaning well if somebody makes meaning out of something it's that's got to be somebody or something that does that right so that's the part that we don't have the question for if i say oh well i make my own meaning then i'm the person that's doing that definition uh i i don't know where i'm going with that it, it's just semantics <laughs> as far as like the actual sentence structure is kind of weird when you think about it mm -hmm. All right, well, I think we're ready to move on. There's a cut and dry one. I thought that was going to go on for a little bit longer, but she's, people can agree on the point of life. I mean, what There's, are the meaning behind tardigrades? Why do those yeah. fuckers exist? Excuse me. The Star Trek thing? So what do you no, have against they're tardigrades? They're called, they're called water bears. Not, they're these, like... Are they uh, extremophiles? microscopic yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Stuff what do you what do you have against them what is, what is your gripe against well, I don't know. no 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 i didn't have anything against them just like what is their meaning you know that uh, yeah but it, it seems like you're very don't fuckers you know like what's a... yeah <laughs> scare me <laughs> they're microscopic how do they scare you <laughs> it's like you've seen them right with like their suction teeth Trunk thing. You've probably got a few know. on you right now, but let's be honest. Oh, God. Probably a few million on you. Everywhere. <laughs> well, we'll find well, out what their meaning is. I guess that's the thing. I guess you would go to sentience, right? Because, like, we can say that I define my own meaning because I'm, uh, oh, shit, I'm breaking your new rule that you made up that doesn't make any sense. Not talk <laughs> no, about no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> it all comes back to consciousness, though. But yeah, it, uh, anyway, it, I guess it's because we're sentient that we can make that definition, whereas, say, your, wa your water bear can't, probably. Right. Oh, if I know. Right. And we shall see. Man. Want to add one point of Victor Frank when he wrote the book um, about the importance of the meaning of life? That once we lose our own perspective of what our meaning was, so we also degrade very quickly in health and yeah, so our mental state would be Yeah, there's at least Anyone... some importance in having this meaning of life defined for ourselves. Anyone, anyone with paper and pen can define the meaning of life. Have, has anyone ever heard of E, pray, for love? <laughs> no. Like, Explain it to me, please. Sounds complicated. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's up there, you know, one of the higher, higher, most uh, thinking power philosophy books. You know, it's, it's up there with, you know, Plato's Republic and, you know, uh, uh, what's that book I just ordered? Hold on. Irving Schroeder's Nature and the Greeks and Science and Humanism. Oh, Jesus. It's a run-on sentence, but it's a good book. 
Um, but yeah, I think we're ready to move on. Y'all ready for the yeah. next question? Yes. Which is? Oh, I already forgot it. Hold on. Does society or biology define masculine, feminine, or any other trait of a person? Does society determine that big old muscles are only for men, or is that some biological factor that we are born with? Or does dresses have some sort of biological role in society? That I think with where we are now, it's society-based. But I think it does stem from biological, from when man went out and hunt and do this stuff, right? They had big, big and strong to fight. So I think it stems from biology now, with where we are. I think it's all society-based. Because we're not reliant on the stuff that formed it. Mm. That makes sense. Right? Old stock. Pretty much agree with that. I mean, did start off biologically based, and now society has much more of an impact as in, uh, you know, uh, let's say the Maoris in New Zealand, they value a woman with a large body because that means she comes from a good family and she's well looked after, while our society has different values for a woman. Um, mm. Their society, same values for a man. Big, fat guy is going to mow down anyone. Big, fat guy here? Yeah, not so much. Uh, so yeah, society more or less. I mean, like the, even the the simple thing like uh, blue for boys and pink for girls. That was the other way around two hundred years ago. Pink was a boy's color, but just society decided at some point or another. No, for whatever reason, and I'm sure there's another hundred examples like that we could think of between us. So yeah, pretty much what's said. Right, problem one. Um, why well, such an analysis? I would say. It's biological and an environmental, but it's not societal. Um, the mistake we do as society is probably just defining it as in binary terms, while we know from biology everything is normally distributed. And those distributions also tend to overlap between males and females, and that's why we are confused now as a society. But ultimately, it's just of biological origin, and when we would just restart our whole civilization, I, I'm pretty sure we would come up with these same concepts we have now. So, for me, it's biological. Mm. Right. So, we started off as hunters and gatherers, and we had certain thoughts on what made someone good for the tribe, what uh, brought value. So if you say muscles, that would make a very good, let's say, hunter. So that was important back in the days, but our society has progressed so fast that certain things like that are no longer the same value as they were back in the day when we were hunters and gatherers. So in that way, society looked at those things and started to reform opinions on it. So let's say a, a dress. Now it's more of a, how do you say it? It's more of a, there's different opinions on those traits who were back in the day looked at more for functionality than they are now since it's less uh, you know you can go to the, the supermarket these days instead of going out for hunting so I would say it's more of a society thing right now than it was back in the day it was more important back in the day but now it's more like a an extra or something yeah 
Alright. Follow. I repeat the question. I just want to be sure that I'm not off subject. Are gender constructs based on biology or societal factors? biology because it would make things a lot easier in life. There would be less problems, you know. There would be less people complaining and everything. But because of, I don't think gender is a thing anymore, honestly. Like, people have destroyed the meaning of gender. Sorry if that offends you or anything. I think that gender is not a thing anymore, sadly. If people think they can be what they want they think they are what they say I think that's not good that's it cool um, so I immediately differentiate sex one sex is their biology and then one one gender one's gender is a performance so I've agreed with what I've heard so far that um, as we've moved away from this hunter-gatherer um, agrarian society and into the industrial revolution and now into where we don't have to really use our bodies um, to perform so many tasks in our lives, it has become more focused um, on gender rather than what is your sex. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I do see gender as something that sort of starts to dissipate at certain levels, but in the second and third worlds, there definitely still are distinctions and, you know, there's not as much of an acceptance yet of trans cultures. And the such and the like. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. Hey, you gonna make it for yourself? Um, so, uh, you're right. I mean, you have gender and you have sex. Uh, the thing is, it's like, I think something that Robin Wan uh, mentioned that we're not really thinking about is uh, the fact that this goes back and forth. So culture affects biology, biology affects culture as well. So uh, there are um, uh, gay animals. Uh, I read an article the other day, I forget what it was, but that's the thing. So you can't say that it's purely uh, culture because in other words, you know, the animal kingdom is, is something we use to see what exists in in um, biology that is divorced from culture although i would also say that probably you know animals uh, can have culture as well you know especially when you have like trading and using tools and things like that you could argue that that's also probably culture but anyway um, i would say in the fact that um uh, uh, you can have uh, animals that uh, express behavior of all kinds of different um, genders and, and things like that. 
that suggests biology, but then of course, as we know, you know, in, our, in society, it's also expressed through culture by the way people dress and the way they talk and things like that. So it's one and the same. Your biology affects the culture and then that gets dispersed and spread throughout the culture. And then, um, and that's uh, also, it's all connected basically is what I would say. And yes, I would make the distinction between sex and gender because you would, you know, you have um, your physical, you know, bits and bobs, and then you have, you know, what's in your brain. But guess what? What's in your brain is also biology because, you know, it's in your brain. There's neurons there. So um, it's, it's a big blender. Sit on up and make a smoothie. There's my answer. Um, now it's time to open up. So if anyone has any points to debate against each other or just elaborate on their previous points, you're welcome to. Let's speak who gets spoken over to. You don't have to raise your hand. Just spew out what uh, works. So I was thinking that separating sex and gender is kind of social constructivism because in the end we don't learn anything from it. We're just saying they're just more words for things. Um, the thing is, now that we have to ask, like, if I feel like a male, could I also decide to feel like a female, or would I just be who I am? So can I make an active decision who I want to be, or am I still just who I am? And if, if I cannot make myself the conscious decision to change that, then I would say we shouldn't have sex and gender as two separate terms. It's just more complicated in that sense, then, but still we cannot pick it. What we want. There, well, I, I don't know, because I I can't believe I'm about to say this, um, but it's it's mostly just because of something I was thinking about earlier. Because uh, just to to let you know, you know, I I made friends who are trans, so I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all when I say this. I'm just trying to think through things logically. Um, the Because there's also pain. Think about pain, right? So you would say that uh, you can't really not feel pain. Like if, if you prick me with a needle, it's going to hurt, right? But the thing is, is if you look at uh, monks, and, and there are many people who, well, I guess, actually, I take that back because it's not that they don't feel pain. They just somehow modify their thoughts to um, not react to it. So I guess that's different. Um, never mind. I, I was it, going down it. Because there were... Uh, I think it's disassociation they do. Yeah. Yeah. Separate their mind from their body. Yeah, because I was going to say there are people that can basically not feel pain as much, you know, walking over hot coals and things like that. So, so I'm saying, Thank what is choice high. in general? What is what does it mean when we choose things? Because there are certain bodily functions that it seems like we can choose that we wouldn't really think we could. Um, but I think you're right. That's not really the same. It's not comparing apples to apples, probably. Um, but uh, 
Ooh, did I have a point to that? Or no, I mm. just trailed off. I apologize. I'll let you but just to clarify so because some people may decide to change their gender that it disingenuously that we shouldn't have that separation of sex and gender at all i think that's unfair to the people that genuinely well, no, I'm, do I'm think... not saying that I'm oh sorry, saying sorry someone someone who is trans he was yeah. maybe trans all along so like yeah it might have come up at some point in his life that he realized that he was, that it was always part of him. That's oh, sorry, okay, I misunderstood. Sorry about that. But I'm no. sorry, could you say that again? I apologize. Um, so if someone is trans, then it might be part of his biological makeup. And also we have this interaction, as you said before, between environment and biology and epigenetics. Right. Um, but I'm saying it's it's a long process and it's probably already part of the person that he appears that he's trans. It's not just a decision from one moment to the next, but it's really part of him. And right. by separating yeah, exactly. sex and gender, we say you can pick, but I say you cannot pick, but you are already trans or you're not trans. Um, I'm not judging anyone to, to be it, because it's just part of our biology in a, in a way. I'm just saying we should look at it from a different perspective. We cannot just pick what is already up. Right. I don't think that's what they were saying, though, I, because it's not that they were saying they weren't saying you can pick. And maybe I'm rephrasing someone else's words in a in a way that's disingenuous. And I don't mean to do so, but um, I think they were saying that uh, you, if you have a body, you know, you got X, you know. Out here in any right, so so then other than that, uh, it is also said that also culture slightly influences how that expresses itself. Probably not so much whether you are or you aren't, but how how um, you react to those things in public. Uh, I guess would, would be my interpretation. Um, I would agree with you since. I guess biology didn't really change the last 200 years, and now right. we see a lot more freedom in the world, and we see a lot more people coming out. Um, so in that sense, society is allowing to allowing us to be more ourselves. Um, yeah, so in that point, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is there have there have been extremes of how the body is represented since the industrial revolution and especially since the the onset of capitalism wherein females especially in the western world don't have to have the extra weight they don't have to have those childbearing hips because they're not having the large families to work on the farm anymore and from that you know you get uh, a culture of women wanting to be thin and anorexia at the very extreme <laughs> and then also you have men who are uh pumping iron and which is also a, another form of anorexia um men who want to bulk up and for no reason in particular just to have but just to have that look <clears throat> So, yeah. 
I think Ravens asked yet another question that we all agree on, and that's why he ran off. Probably. I don't know why he went away. Yeah, he's he's not a fan of agreement. I think we can all come on, Zach. Oh, because we're agreeing. Serious Serious fucking questions. Come on, let's go. So we're just sitting around having a friendly chit chat (laughs) instead of a real philosophical debate. So, I'll get general consensus because I'm not dictating. How many features on our personalities do other people have? Yay or nay? Good question, bad question. Everyone's gonna say yes. Everyone's gonna say there's a bit. Everyone will. Okay. Okay. Come on. I think the thing is, like, of course, everyone is influenced by other people. I think the question is more about how much. Like, how how much can you say, like, I am completely influenced by this other person, you know, like a, like a cult leader, versus I am completely my own person, I guess. I feel like as I get older, uh, I start to take up, I start to um, deconstruct um, like the amalgamation of my personality and I start to see more clearly facets of my personality that come from and where they come from. So, you know, it's almost to the point where it's like you keep peeling the onion. It's like, where is the actual core? Like, what is, what is the essence of you? Um, Cause I, okay, I don't know, sometimes I, have we done right. friends and individual? I'm sorry. I think we've done versions of it, but I don't know if we've got that exact thing. Okay. Well, who are you? Ask the question. Let's go with that. Who are you? Hi, I'm Kieran. Who are you? Who are you? Okay. Are you more than just your, you know, who are you? Are you more than just your thoughts? Are, are you just the thoughts? Is there some sort of soul? What what makes you you? Is everything you? Is your body you? I think we did this like two weeks ago. I don't remember. Holy shit. Plus, we've got mostly new people in here. So. Okay. So what makes you you? Yes, uh, mainly your personality and your thoughts and all that. Physically, yes, it's still you. It's part of you. You wouldn't like to lose any part of you. It's all precious. Uh, but mainly, mainly personality is what makes you you. Because you can have identical twins. Huh? Oh, it's what is your personality? What is the essence of you? Brain. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. But yeah, that's all I got. So I would argue, I guess, from a psychological standpoint, of the prefrontal cortex, that since you get that damage, you will dissociate from your own personality, even though you still have your same memory. So there's something who drives you with you, and that is that cortex. Um, the other thing is that you take drugs and you can also self-dissociate from who you think you were. Um, I would say it's, it's very specifically biological. 
and and that's look less that way. Um, yeah, those I would say it's just piloting. Yeah. Okay, uh, Ruba. I would say it's mostly uh, the. Whoa. Is it? Uh, yes, yeah, my turn to speak or. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so I would say it's a uh, it's a combination of three major things. I would say the way you were raised, um, genes, and I would say the five people you hang out most with. That those are, or it wouldn't be necessarily hang out, but like uh, influence. Say you watch like uh, a YouTuber every day, and he has certain char characteristics. Then. At a certain point, you're going to adapt to it. Um, but then there's also, you, I mean, your environment. Uh, so that means like the way you were raised and uh, what you saw from that, you know, what you took from it. And uh, yeah, the people you hang out with, like if you think about it, look at the people you uh, you have around you that are like closest to you, you see the most, you're probably going to say a few things that they say. Uh, you're probably going to uh, copy some you know, character traits from them. And I would say like genes is also a major, major uh, influence on that because uh, say you have like uh, HDHD, then you're gonna be uh, like, say you've got like the advanced type, then you're gonna be more like on your impulses. Like you're gonna have less dopamine, so you're gonna do more things impulsively than let's say someone who had other genes where he doesn't have HDHD. So that would also like, be the a defining factor. So I think those uh, things combined make you you. And if you think about it, like if you remove a leg from yourself, whom recommend by the way, uh, you're still you. But uh, I saw an interesting video about it. Like how far can you go with what makes you you? And it uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, existential crisis uh, tier video. I would say <laughs> you can go really deep into it. But basically, you can sum it up with your brain. It's basically who you are. So yeah. Um, okay. I walked into here late, so I'm not exactly sure totally what I'm talking about here, but there are people who have been brought up by animals and they land up being just like the animals. And then we have dogs that are brought up by people who actually in many ways think they're people. Uh, which is, you know, uh, it could only go so far in both cases. Uh, you know, if I, uh, I guess when you bring up a chimpanzee in a human environment, it becomes a lot more human because it has a lot closer physicality also. Um, but both of them can go pretty far in, well, once again, if you have a human being and you bring it up in a monkey colony, totally, it's going to damn well be as much of a monkey as possible. And I'm not sure if this adds or not, but let me throw that into the mix here. Thank you. Okay. Um... Latin scientist just joined, so we'll go to Paolo. Uh, no, he isn't going to be smart, but hey. Okay, so I hear a lot of complicated words from my 14-year-old brain. <laughs> it's not complicated, but I think that what makes a person him is, yes, it's kind of like the gene and everything, but I think it's more simple than that. I think it's more like what color you like. What's your favorite animal? What's your favorite car? What's your favorite place on the world? I think that's what makes you your favorite things. I don't think it's like... I think that's 
most important. Teens are in second place for me. I think that what you like is in first place. That's why I have six. Okay. Um, yeah, I heard this story, um, something about a, a woman who, while during her pregnancy, her husband died, and she became severely depressed in the last trimester, and the fetus, or the baby, I think at that point, um, experienced the depression on a chemical level. So then when the baby was born, it was born depressed, you know, in the same way that if a mother is doing crack or something like that. So, so uh, yeah, so I think the chemical level is uh, first and foremost, um, an ob objectively defines you, but then subjectively, it's the environment that you're raised in um, and the people closest to you, the people that you admire. Um, kind of make up who you are and I think there's a fog to knowing like exactly what if you try to pin exactly what you are you can never find it um there's uh, something else I also thought of was um I can't think of the name of this artist um she's a performance artist and throughout her life she received multiple uh cosmetic surgeries in order to achieve the ideal features um, that both she and society revered, um, which I thought was, that that was her work, that was her art. Um, so, you know, what are you? Are you what your biology is? Or are you what everyone else tells you to be, wants you to be? and fade out. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, he's alive. No. Um, so, I, I have complicated thoughts on this. Uh, you can always say, you know, it's genes or it's experience. Um, obviously, it's a mix. You know, that would be a bit of a cop-out I mean, just say it's a little bit of both. It's everything, uh, and then just and with that. I mean, obviously that's true, but I think it gets a little more complicated than that. Um, the uh, oh, sorry, this is distracting. Um, the uh, thing about it is, I I remember people telling me that uh, you know if I if I had a problem of some sort. Um, they would always say, oh, it's all an attitude, right? So, um, and this is not exactly the same thing. It's not exactly who you are, but, but what you need to do to um, uh, uh, solve problems. You know, some, some people would say, oh, just move. And then others, like, say, a Buddhist monk or something would say, um, oh, it's all inside yourself, you know, just meditate or... You don't need to change your environment. Um, and I had always leaned more towards the environment side. That's why I would I would say in general that uh, you are 
more than your genetics, you are your environment. But I think the thing is that even your environment also affects your future environment. So it's it's not just one thing that you choose at one point. It's always going in on itself. And I know I'm going to go over my two minutes here, but I feel with this topic important to so i apologize but um the uh I, I think you can't just sit in a corner and meditate and um become a better person but you also equally cannot just go and do whatever sounds fun and jump out of a plane and then suddenly uh that is the answer as well i think it's a combination but what that combination is, and this is the key, this is where it's not just a generic answer, what that combination is, I do believe, is unique for each person. Um, and that is not only what makes them them, but also is key to what a better way to live their life would be. Okay, I know I went over, I'm sorry. But I think it was worth it. Um, wait, sure. um, yeah, that's... Before we open up, uh, we should probably go over the rules quickly. So, if you want to participate, take a seat at the back. There's a viewing area. Basic. Um, starts in a circle from my left to my right. Everyone gets a chance to speak. Then we'll open up. Basic rules. Let people finish their point. Uh, ask to talk about your religion. Anything else that's important? Yeah, try and make the point under two minutes. Basic stuff. So, yeah, uh, I guess it's time to open up. So, if anyone had any points to elaborate on or disagree with people, now's the time. It's because Hello, you said jumping out of a plane isn't a way for someone to find themselves. But what if it turns out that's what they love doing and jumping out of a plane all of a sudden opens that door for them? Why would someone like yeah. that? Why? Because it's awesome. It is awesome. Jump from what, a plane without a person. Yeah. I, I thought what he was saying was he was uh, if you just jump out of the plane and your body splatters on the ground, like that's not the end all be all. Like you still got to make oh, some right. kind of okay. effort. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Apologies. Don't apologize. Call so, me a name. There's, there's one more. So. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't really talking about, I, I didn't imply death at any point. I, I just picked up well, the plane. Well, metaphoric, yeah. Yeah, I just picked jumping out of the plane as a, a pleasurable activity. You could you could substitute it for cooking. Metaphor. But what is the point? Yeah. What's uh, the point of the metaphor, meaning making that metaphor? The point was that it's... How do I say this? Well, I don't <laughs> want to misinterpret my own words in this. Uh, you cannot become a better person simply by relying on externals. But equally, you cannot. Uh, exclude externals. 
because it would be impossible to sit in a dark room and just meditate for your whole life and be a happy person. I know that is probably, you know, if you think about... Sounds like you're contradicting yourself a little bit, are you, Eddie? Uh, maybe. Uh, it's a very ambiguous topic, by the way, right? So there's going to be contradiction is, uh, because it's a challenging subject to express but to your point how i see is that uh no you gotta yes you cannot depend on external factors to be happy uh, what society dictates but you also cannot exclude them because otherwise let's say even uh, i know this sounds extreme like a murder someone who enjoys killing a person i mean that's not right right so versus someone who actually likes cooking and it was actually right. So there has to be a balance and common sense in there. Right. And your external actions have to match who you feel like you are. And when there's a mismatch mm -hmm. there, I don't think that's right. Um, and then you can start talking about ethics, right? There's an ethical aspect in that equation as well. Right. Yeah. Um, like, for example, you know what? We're all friends here. Um, I want to travel. I know I'm a cliche, the young guy that wants to travel, um, uh, you know, backpacking, etc. Um, I also hate the fact that I'm a cliche, so you know, don't worry about that. I've thought about it. But the point well, is... <laughs> the point is, um, let's say I never get to do that, um, but I somehow find internal, um, I don't want to say happiness, but uh, well-being or, or just the ability to not, not need to go and do something, you know, uh, for that purpose. Um, Fulfill yourself, you know, fulfillment. Like, and fulfillment, that's the word. Um, so there have been people that have told me you need, you need to change your attitude in order for self-fulfillment. And then there are others that say uh, you can't do that just from internal stimulus. You also need to go and do something. So that's the dichotomy that I was trying to bring up. I'm not trying to say one way is better than the other. In fact, I would love to get some input from some of the older uh, folks, but um, that's that's what I was trying to lay out. I don't think I did it very well, and for that I apologize. Well, who you are is, I think, touching on a subject from earlier, from an earlier discussion on, like, it's really coming down to style in, like, the algorithm of the choices that you make, which is unique to you, and that's what makes you. And I'm very familiar myself with this um, attitude, uh, you need to change your attitude, or the phrase, you need an attitude adjustment. Um, my, uh, my values, my outlook on life in general, like, is very different from the rest of my family. And um, therefore, I've not fit in in the way that they fit into society. Um, I found my own path, but um, you can't you can't change that. There's something it 
even if you if you try to suppress what you are it will come out in other ways and your your health will suffer first and foremost um and i think your health and well-being should come above all and and you know you should try to fulfill what your imagination holds yeah. This got a little personal, but I, you know, trying to keep it general to to the philosophy and, and how we all experience life. Um, I think everybody picks where they are so, on that spectrum from being able to rely on themselves versus external factors. Okay, I'm sorry. Person. No, no, no. Sorry to interrupt. That was just. Right. I it think that we are sort of uh, overlapping uh, concepts, and it's, uh, because, of course, like I said, it's a complex subject. But to your point, I mean, it's just kind of like to twist a bit the, the plot here. Let's say you're you feel good about doing drugs, a really, let's say, meth is a really bad drug, and uh, you like that, you feel good about it, it makes you feel well. And then someone says, you know, you gotta have an active correction, you gotta stop using drugs. You know, the person who's saying that is correct. So it's, there's that aspects. And what you're saying is that, that this is, is for you, you cannot deny what, who you are and what you enjoy. In that case, you have to correct yourself. You know, funny enough, I think when people are telling you to stop, I'm just playing uh, devil's advocate here, but when people are telling someone to stop the drugs, it's almost because they're not doing the drugs in the right way. And I don't think there is a right way to do it. Maybe in moderation, but um, there's a, there's vitamins you can take to sort of like um, mag like magnesium and um, thymine. Well, also, I think you know, mostly isn't that supplement your drug use. other people. So, like, if the person had no family, it wouldn't matter, right? Yeah. Like, if, if, if it was responsibilities. just a single, a single meth head in the world, there would be no one to, like, there would be, oh, you know, it would not be sad because it's just them. But then, you know, the, the, what I've heard is, you know, the, the, the effects ripple out. But the thing is, is that's that whole thing I've said in the past with other things of the circle of concern. Who do you care about affecting positively or negatively? Um, and I think that's something everyone has to answer for themselves. Now I've made myself sound like a method, but I was just trying to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Basically, uh, what you're saying, too, and what you were saying, Ray, is... Uh, when we go out, we always present ourselves in a certain way, in certain situations. Say so you go to your job, you are acting like an employee. You go to your grandma, you act like a, uh, you know, you play the role of a grandchild. You know, you go to your mom, you play the role of a son. Then you behave a bit differently. But that's the situation. But I think uh, coming uh, to a conclusion on that point, when you are alone, that is when you know who you really are. When there's no one around to what you were saying, uh, Mello, to, to right. put the, the responsibility on how you're behaving, who you are. When there's no one around, then you actually know like how you behave, who you actually are. That's my point. Which is why I think having people around for someone's entire life is a bad thing. 
and that is an opinion I hold quite strongly. I used to be pretty wishy-washy and not have any strong opinions. That's one I do hold. Yeah, we are always constantly changing and like, how do we mitigate? We're changing because our bi biology is changing. And then that affects like how you're thinking, how you're acting in the world, you know, where you're, what your boundaries are, things like that. Um, yeah, this concept of, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, not going to go down this rabbit hole. I was going to say about, you know, you're, you're talking basically what I see, even from a philosophical standpoint, uh, you're, we are sort of talking about uh, ethics theories such as utilitarianism or selfishness. So, so, for instance, utilitarianism theory in ethics says that, uh, you know, whatever actions you do should be based on the greatest good or number so meaning that um, you know whatever uh, decisions you make uh, sort of let's say you're passing by an hospital and they need organs and you have an organ you have a heart you have an, a liver you have a, a lung and that hospital needs all those trees what is the, the utilitarian ethic decisions here is that you have to donate that to them for the greatest good to save the most amount of lives so you're depending on a definition made by society where on the other hand there's also the, the, the consectionalism that is basically whatever actions you do is based on the consequence that you get and also exceptionalism that is basically what you guys are saying right now is that you're actually defining what is right what is wrong based on yourself what you feel about yourself instead of others so i think uh i think it's good just wanted to highlight it's good to frame when you're talking about uh, complex definitions like we're doing right now i was i just wanted to bring to light some definitions so we can buckle those up so we can have a better uh, understanding about what we're trying to understand you know what i mean I appreciate that. I knew about utilitarianism. I didn't know about those others, but thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, I guess that means time to move to the next question. Everyone happy there's something else to say on this one? Sean? Okay. So, what cannot be self taught? What do you have to rely on others to learn? Yeah, you can go down any route you like for this, you know, um, life lessons or, you know, scientific knowledge. Just what do you think can't be self-taught? Um, is all sure. stuff here? Can't be self-taught. Yeah. Um, oh. Well, I'd say basic behaviors when you're a baby. Uh, you need your parents, your family, to show you how to behave in a social way, I suppose. I mean, feral children might attest to that. They don't learn how to behave. Well, they do learn how to behave socially, but only in accordance with the society they're in, be it wolves or monkeys or whatever. So maybe that, uh, I don't know. I need time to think on that. I'm going to let other people talk. I'll come back when the sun uh, okay. up. Uh, yeah, Doctor Dalvish. No, I think uh, what I think that things that uh, cannot be self-learned is experience and wisdom. So, for instance, someone who does a mistake uh, because you know, I always like this word that you don't. You the more you know, the more you don't know. 
and you do not know what you do not know. So, and the way how you can learn about this and make decisions or making the right decisions is through experience and wisdom. And sometimes things on a book cannot be self-learned or you cannot read about that. You have to experience it as years, or even let's say in case now coronavirus, uh, you know, we, we cannot learn about coronavirus. You, can, you cannot prepare for a coronavirus. You're now more prepared because we are experiencing it and the data is still new and we will know it uh, more about it in as more time passes as history passes so yeah that's that's what i think yeah like all stocks said uh, when when you're a baby you have to uh, yeah you need other people to learn but uh, when you're an adult i i don't think there is anything you can't learn uh, Today, there is a YouTube tutorial for everything. Yes. Very interesting. Bring on to you. What is this guy's name? Mr. I. Did you want to speak? Well, kind of. Um, in some sense, you have to learn stuff from other people. Uh, I mean, most of us aren't going to do what the guy did in the bathtub and figure out what calculus is. Um, a lot of things come from culture. If we were on our own and we didn't have the learning of elsewhere, um, you know, we'd be back in the caveman time. So there's only so much we could learn by ourselves. Most of our knowledge has to come from other people, including back to the monkeys. Um, with Harry Harlow, if you didn't have your parents teach you love, people don't learn. Even that has to go back to other people. So. Internally, I don't think we have all many resources. And whether this makes any sense or not, who knows? Thank you. Well said. Okay. Um, I don't know if you just joined. Lilith, did you want to speak? No? Uh, no, I got to delay it and then I'm going to wait. Okay, no problem. Uh, Big Ray, then. Um, I would say, like, um, most things, it seems, can be learned through observance. Um, I was thinking one of the most important things in order to function in the society, in, in society and civilization is being able to read. So, like, you know, a, a child can probably teach themselves how to walk and babble um, and maybe eventually start learning words, but there needs to be, like, some sort of interaction in order to understand what the right what writing is um, what concepts are so that was my main focus you have to learn through practice period you have to learn through practice i don't care what it is um, the thing is, and this is where it gets tricky, is you can't always practice what you want to learn immediately. And also some things that are considered practice of a skill are not the most realistic uh, versions of that skill. Um, I'm not going to go over my own personal experience with that. Um, just to say that I have a lot, uh, yeah, well, okay, yeah. but relative to my lifespan, I have a lot of experience with that. 
um, the uh, thing is, is you have to, uh, you can't learn, um, like say, say for example, I want to learn how to, um, well, okay, what about something very broad and vague, like we were discussing uh, uh, earlier? How to live your best life. I know that sounds like someone's Instagram quote that's about to sell you a weight loss key, but the point is um, you, uh, you can't learn that by reading in a book, can you? I mean, if that were the case, then society would be perfect um, <laughs> because everyone will be doing what they need to be doing because they read it in a book. Um, so uh, that doesn't work. But like I said before, at the same time, I can't build the Brooklyn Bridge. Let's say I wanted to build the Brooklyn Bridge. I can't do that immediately. So I have to practice the sub-skills, maybe how to do a rivet or a nail or how to heat metal, right? So I have to build up to whatever the thing is. But even those sub-skills themselves are not the same as the final thing because uh you know i guess what i'm saying is um it's it's a difference what is the there's a philosophical term that's it's not a difference in amount it's a difference in kind it, it's a very it's a totally different thing doing the whole skill put together than the sum of the sub skills of all of the parts and that is the problem with modern education. And, you know, I feel like I should have one of those Che Guevara, like, um, Columbia hats on, you know, with, like, army fatigues, because that's what I would, if I were to be a revolutionary, that's what I would say, viva la new version of education. Um, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, the sum is, the whole is not, just the sum of the parts when it comes to education. Period. Um, maybe, did you hear the question? Um, I just got here, but I could likely figure it out what is meaning of intelligence is and learning. Okay, what was the question? Meaning of Oh, what can't be self-taught? What can't be self-taught? That was it. What cannot be self-taught? Well, I'm, well, I mean, if we're going by that, we, I don't know if somebody addressed it. Um, instinct. Sleep. Baby bark. Um, no to open its mouth for its mother. It just does. A snake doesn't need information to help, help it so they're way out of its shell and hunt. It doesn't need help with that. It, it's just instinct. A uh, human doesn't need instinct to help can feed off a breast milk or any That's biologically ingrained into our minds. That hunger is bad, and we need to figure out a way to end said hunger. Well, generally, that's 
hunger, driving in the pursuit of instinct, well, A, but other factors is just in survival and, well, sexual. Um, I guess it's time to open up the floor. Anyone wants to say anything? If somebody's audio is breaking up, is that just me or is it for everybody? Uh, is I it assume that was just me. Was it breaking up? Yeah, but like sometimes when someone's speaking, uh, I cannot hear all of what they're saying. Um, the yeah. audio is breaking up, it's really choppy. And I don't know yeah. if that's just me or. It sometimes depends on, on, on which side the internet sense. issue is. Okay. So sometimes it's on your side, sometimes on the side of the other people. Okay. Was I breaking up? I'm sorry if I was. No, I mean, you can't control yeah. it. So. Oh, yeah. So is everyone happy with everything I said? Well, except mm -hmm. I want to say that mm -hmm. I just now realized that I didn't even answer the question because I kind of went in my print mode, and I'm sorry for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Raven's not here. We can do what we like, can't we? Yeah. Where is, <laughs> but, uh, where is Raven? I would say it's an important phone call. Okay. How important can a phone call be for a, that was a blinder. <laughs> very small YouTube channel? Off of a I don't think very popular. It's not about video. real talk. It's not I'm about real talk. It's probably personal. Ah, likely. Because I don't think we have any important phone calls about real talk. I don't. We should it. open a phone line. That's a good point. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought, I always thought this was live stream, but Color. when I went to your, your guys' YouTube channel, I didn't see the live stream. Uh, it's not live stream, it's just recorded and then uploaded. Mm. It's everywhere. If you ever do a live stream, that would be kind of fun. On Twitch? Yeah. yeah. Then, you get actual, then you can actually monitor questions and new ones. Also, your hand is falling we through the floor. We do have a Discord for question submissions. Well, I don't know too much about streaming. But speaking about YouTube, I forgot to do this earlier. Uh, this is recorded, so you can find it later. It's also pretty much on every, uh, what's the, what's the word? Podcast media uh, service. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's there. Go find it. There's stuff all around you in the world, but yeah. No. So, um, everyone have a little bit gather the information, put it to use. <laughs> no, I'm fine with this. Yeah. It wasn't like All right, yes. What, what responsibility does an individual have in the future of society? How much responsibility? Okay. Hmm. Well, the, okay. Are we talking about the responsibility of the individual, or the responsibility the, one holds over others, per se, their own children's lives, or the individual has for the future of society? Okay. 
So in society affecting others, right? Yeah. Take it how you will. Okay. So Matt, if he's alive. Yeah, you you were breaking up for me. I couldn't hear the question. Am I still breaking up? No. Um. Okay. What responsibility does an individual hold for the future of society? Yeah, everybody should think about the greater good and not about himself. But that's not what people do. Okay, so are you happy with that? Okay. Thank you, guys. So, eyes. Yeah. Or anything? My Mr. I, I should say. No. Gonna die down today. Okay, great. Um, I've known people who will lay down their whole life and well-being um, for the good of others. And, you know, they lose sight of themselves. They lose care for themselves, um, which I think is a bit extreme. Um, I, th I think there's, like, certain cultures that have tried to imbue, like, some major sense of responsibility for the world they live in. Um, but... I also see at the same time that um, it can put a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, as an individual, like you are just a drop in the freaking desert. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like even if you have an effect on just one person, like are you responsible for that? Um, yeah. I, um, I don't know how to say this without being too personal. Like I've, I've definitely, um, before suffered a lot of anxiety because I thought I've had like major effects on other people's decisions on their life path. Um, I don't know. I think as long as you do the best that you know how to do like that, that is, you've got to try whatever the, the part that I get frustrated with is what is it exactly you're supposed to do? We don't live in a caste society or like in a communist structure where you're like born into something and then, you know, you're not, you don't even have to try to figure out what to do. You just like do what you're told. You know, I think it's like a lot more, I, I think it's a lot more difficult to try to figure that out for yourself. Um, I'm just going to add to that I'm still getting adapted to VR and I find that it makes my eyes really tired. It makes my mind <laughs> like I, I should probably be drinking like a gallon of coffee to go with this whole experience because um, yeah. still trying to find a way to focus in this. So. Thanks. time. <laughs> Okay. Generally, um, what helps me is that I I understand I know the separation between reality and virtual, but when I put on the headset, I I focus on myself and make sure that I understand that this is my reality at the moment. I accept the fact that we 
reality is now mobile, it is malleable. You can shape it, you can change it the way you want. I mean, there's AR, VR, and well, even now, I think JR, jumbled reality. Hell is. It's JR? So I just picture and I fully focus saying that these are now my hands. I'm okay with that. And then I continue. Yeah, that I'm fine with. It's just that it literally makes me feel very tired. Uh, oh, like that's I, why people just sleep go- in VR. And they just. <laughs> Not to detour too much, but I just got glasses like for looking at the computer screen to block the blue light, but I don't find a way I could, maybe I could wear those glasses with the VR thing over. Which headset do you have? You can turn down the screen brightness. Yeah, I turned that way down. I turned, I have the graphics on just like the mid-level graphic. Does um, the Go have the night mode? Because I know the Oculus has, yeah, it has a little button in the home where you can hit it and it turns it all kind of like an orange bill that apparently negates the mm-hmm. blue light. Mm-hmm. I'll look for that. Yeah. yeah, it has. Okay. Well, sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. It's a no, you uh, yeah. So, uh, also, um, is sometimes the frame rate makes a difference. Uh, there's just that, depending on the app, uh, it can give people a headache. I never got one, but some people do. But anyway, yeah, I, I got um, the headache point. So. Oh, okay. Um, so the way I currently look at it. And, uh, you know, keep in mind, this always changes. People change over time. It's what they do. Um, uh, is that uh, I can't help you until I'm to a point where I can help you. In other words, uh, if you need something, I need to be able to provide that. So there's no way, like, say, for example, you take a baby and you tell the baby, be a good person, help others. What the hell is the baby going to do? It's going to poop itself and then make another problem that, uh, you know, for the person that it was supposedly supposed to help with uh, <laughs> whatever the thing was. So um, the point I'm trying to make is uh, kind of that airplane uh, stewardess mentality. I have to put my oxygen mask on before I can help anyone else. And now that, does that mean that you do that for 90% of your life? And that for, you know, 90% of your life, you're you're trying to get yourself to a certain point and then I'll throw a little money to a charity or something. No, that's not what that means. Um, but uh, <laughs> I do think uh, we have to get to a certain point of, of feeling um, this is going to sound so, I hate that uh, sometimes I sound like a motivational book uh, incarnate, but um, <laughs> you have to get to a point where um, you feel good about yourself. Um, so uh, that you can help others. So, uh, and I don't think a lot of people are at that point. And I think that's because they have been told so much to help others that they forgot 
to help themselves get to a bare minimum of uh, competency about living life. And uh, you can probably tell I'm a little passionate about that because I am. Okay, that's what I had to say. Hello. Okay. Shoot back into my little helmet. What question are we on? Oh, what responsibility does an individual have for the future of society? It's an old one. I went back to oh, okay. Discord. Hmm. And where are we? Today, I believe. Yes. And I think we're going to go back to Romney, if I'm not mistaken. Because hmm? you just joined. Hey, Romney, if you want to go first, that's completely acceptable. No? Right. you want to join? Well, my belief as a talking about our feelings patriotic right American um, is that the individual is responsible for their own effect on society it's that it's their perception of society and, and the society itself the government kind of the government affects the effect sorry the government affects the effect of the per, of the individual and i think last time i was here i talked about america's government the republic and how it the and how the judge the how we pick pick representatives to represent us. So, um, if we're talking about another kind of famous one that we Americans have tried to stop is communism. In communist society, it is the image, the image, image of communism is that everybody is equal and therefore there is no corruption. The problem is, in order to run a sufficient and successful country, you need separation in order, because if you, nobody wants to be making boxes their entire life. If there is, if somebody is out there who loves just boxes, good for them, but the majority in here, I would say, does not enjoy making boxes for their entire life. That is, but in order to create a stable economy, an individual needs to make boxes. And the government, in a sense, the communist government, would allow the person to choose their box, essentially, their job. So, if that is the case, we have to understand that not all people enjoy making boxes, though in a um, capitalistic country that is necessary and people understand for the economy to succeed, we need boxes, box makers or whatever. So the government affects the individual's perception and that perception affects their choices in life. And those choices affect others. Uh, a couple things, right? Number one, 
I'm going to have to draw this to a close. It is now the official end of the oh, event. We will, uh, you guys are allowed to open up as soon as uh, I finish talking. But uh, now, I would, uh, right before I leave, I would like to point you guys to the sides of the walls and the back of the room, which you can find our YouTube channel, which this recording will be on. So if you were making thumbs down things the whole time and you would like to see yourself do that, uh, you can find us on that YouTube channel. Uh, also, the recording of this will be on Spotify, iTunes, and like eight other different podcast websites or apps uh, you can find that on. Uh, my Discord is up there, and if you go to my Discord, you'll be added to our server. Uh, our server, we come up with questions, we come up with new ideas, we announce stuff, we announce when the next events are happening. Our Twitter is pretty much uh, the Discord, but we uh, you can talk to us directly. You can uh, hear when new stuff is coming out. You can... Uh, we post about when new videos go up and all that. 